You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. We're in this Reclaim Sermon Series, which is also our theme for this year, Reclaim Who We Are, as Brent was saying just a few moments ago. Reclaim some of those things. So let me start there. Let me let me do a little bit of a of a review if we can. Okay, the first four Sundays of the year. This is the fifth Sunday. So the first four Sundays of the year. The first one was about reclaiming the vision of who we are. You know, uh, twenty twenty was really a crazy year, right? I mean, there was some crazy stuff happened. You know, with uh, I meant COVID, and then also we bought a building, and uh, so. You know, when when we all had to start staying home from COVID, we were a church that was moving in and out of the Civic Center in Gardendale every single weekend. We had no idea that we would never have a service there again when we uh, had that last one, you know. And so we had stuff there we had to go get. We, we bought this building. So things have changed. And uh, so and we talked about a lot of things that, that day, and we've talked about a lot of those things. We're going to talk about some of that here in this sermon as well today. But some of the things of who we are, and one of the things that are really pushed that day and and I want to want to just remind you of because this is something we haven't like revisited, is we've always been a giving church, okay? And I, I you know, I don't know. Some some churches have, you know, just a, a few big donors, and you know, and everybody else just gives what they want to when they can, and all that kind of stuff. Hey, listen, we don't have, you know, we don't have, you know two doctors and, uh, you know, a professional ba- basketball player, you know, and Alexander Shinara attending our church, you know, so, you know, we don't have that. What we've got is we've got a bunch of people who are committed in their giving. That's who we've always been. It's like, because this is our vision, this is what God has led us to feel like we're supposed to be a part of, and so we fund the vision, and uh, so God's always given us that. And then secondly was commitment, and uh, Kyle mentioned this last week a little bit in, in his Sunday conversation about those three things. Uh, can you remember them, what they are? When we commit to something, if we want to make it happen, we've got to commit time, we've got to commit our resources, but you can commit all the time you want to and all the resources you want to until you commit that last thing, the actual effort, until you give the effort. So you can sit here and listen to us today talk about grow groups, friendliness, and all that kind of stuff. But until you actually give the effort to do it, you're never going to get there to that place, okay? And then the, the next week we talked about evangelism, and that scares us when we start talking about that. Uh, growing up, I mean, that scared me to death because I knew back then a lot of what evangelism was was going around and knocking on doors, you know, and trying to lead somebody to the Lord right there on their front porch, and that's, that's scary. Even, even for somebody who ended up being a pastor, that's kind of a scary thing of just knocking on doors. These days it's probably a little more scary, Right. But here's the thing, and th- this is something that you've heard a few times, and I hope you get this. I want to say it over and over again. Maybe, maybe see if anybody's got it yet, okay? Is that the purpose of evangelism, personal evangelism, that's what works today, personal evangelism. Yeah, people are still being saved in revivals and evangelistic outreaches and things, but most people are coming to know Jesus because of a relationship they have with a person that already knows Jesus. So our job as personal evangelists is not to, because I, I can't save them, I can't forgive their sins, I can't write their name in God's records in heaven. My job as a personal evangelist is to help them take one, anybody got it yet? One step closer to Jesus. That's all it is. Just help people take one step closer to Jesus. Boy, this was something that was really good in our, our grow group Friday night is, uh, as we talked about that. Just help people take one step closer to Jesus. That, that's, all, that's all that's required of us because we can't do any more. 
if we can just help somebody take a little step. And then last week we talked about serving. And, um, and, and listen, uh, 2911 is growing again. You know, we, we, uh, we lost people during COVID. Some people uh, found out that they could do church at home and, you know, they hadn't come back, you know, or whatever. And, and, uh, but we're growing again. And uh, because we're growing, that means we need more people. Every single team, every ministry team at 2911 needs more team members. Okay, and, but let me tell you, do you know which team, can you guess which team in this church needs more team members than any other team? Anybody? Kids. I heard it two or three places right there. Yeah, kids do, okay? And uh, you may say, well, I don't, I don't do real well with diapers, that kind of stuff. Okay, if you, that, everybody doesn't have to change diapers. Everybody doesn't have to teach. There are so many opportunities. And then listen, if you've got a kid, a grandkid, a niece or a nephew, let me really encourage you to, uh, to, to volunteer at least a little bit, once a month, once a quarter, some way, volunteer kids, because that is really our team that needs help more than any. Okay, so that's kind of the review of where we've been and where we get to now. Today, we're talking about grow groups, right, and friendliness, all right? So why grow groups? Anybody? Anybody? Why grow groups? To help us grow right I mean it's pretty simple that's why we call them that you know it wasn't just uh, you know it wasn't just alliterative gr gr you know grow groups <laughs> it wasn't just that you know preachers like alliteration because it kind of helps people remember stuff it wasn't that it was because we want people to grow and uh, we want to help you grow and uh, you know spiritual disciplines there's uh, if, you, if you google spiritual disciplines you'll come up with all kinds of lists some people say there's seven spiritual disciplines or ten to <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, websites and articles that had like 20 spiritual disciplines, you know. Um, these are kind of the main ones, studying the Bible, praying, fasting, fellowship, worship, giving, serving, reaching out to others. Those are the main ones. And, you know, we do just about every one of those in here on Sunday morning. But guess what? We do just about every one of those in a grow group as well. You know, we do all those things right here pretty much. You know, it's kind of maybe hard reaching out to others as far as evangelism, but the rest of it we pretty much do right here. And we do almost all of those in grow groups. Some of you may even sing a little song every once in a while, you know, and so you may do some worship. But grow groups do those things as well. But do you know which one of those spiritual, if you want real life transformation, if you want real life transformation, do you know which one of those is the one that has the most potential to bring life transformation? It's the first one, engaging with the Word of God. And you may read it by yourself. You hear it some on Sunday morning, you know, but the more ways you can do that, and grow groups is another way to do that, the more ways you can do that, the more opportunity you're going to have for true life transformation. That more than anything else that you do, engaging with the Word of God is the thing. So that's why we promote grow groups. And we push grow groups for this, for this purpose. As, as they were talking earlier that our, our small groups used to be, you know, we had some fun ones and we had some, we had some deep ones. And, and we realized, you know, everybody needs to be in a deep one. Everybody wants to be in a fun one, but everybody needs to be in a deep one. You know, I, I think it would be easier to encourage people to go to, you know, to go to a meetup where it's all, you know, maybe all fun and fellowship and all that kind of stuff, playing, you know, uh, Frisbee and uh, eating or whatever it is that you're doing. But everybody needs to be in a deep. That's why we split those off where we have both. And you need both. You know, uh, grow groups meet every week, even though you take some time off throughout the year. And meetups, as they said, meetups about once a month to once a quarter, something like that. But everybody needs a grow group. Why? Because you need to grow deeper. 
you need to be more than where I, I just made a big note last night in, in, uh, in a sermon that's coming up in a few weeks and just about how, you know, Max Lucado said, and I've quoted this, I don't know how many times in my ministry, but he said, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. You know, he wants you to grow deeper too. He wants you to become everything he ever dreamed you could be. He wants you to grow there. And that's why we want to help you with grow groups. Okay, so grow groups, number one, is to help us grow. But you know what grow groups are also about? They are about friendliness. Friendliness. Now listen, here, here's, here's what I want us to get. We are such a consumer-minded society. Everything is about what I can get out of it, right? I mean, honestly. You know, you ask somebody, you want to do so-and-so, well, what's in it for me, right? You know, can you help me? Well, what's in it for me? I mean, we're all about what's in it for me. Can, can I encourage you right now to stop seeing Christianity as a what's in it for me and realize that I have already received from him everything I would ever need in this life and the life to come. What else would I need? What else do I need? So instead of seeing a grow group as a place I could go because I need a friend, Start seeing Grow Group as a place you can go so that you can be the friend to someone who needs to be a friend. Don't just be the person in need. Be the person who can supply a need. Don't just be the one that, that says, okay, what can you do for me today? You know, hey, I've had a rough week. I've had a rough week. You know, if you're, if you're doing ministry, you, you might have a lot of rough weeks that nobody ever hears about that because you're always worried about somebody else who had a rough week. There's somebody in this room... I had a pretty good week. Now, I've had some rough ones over the past couple of years, but I had a pretty good week. But the roughest week that I've had in the last two years, I could stand up here on, on the stage on Sunday and I could say, somebody in this room has had a rougher week than me. There's always somebody that is struggling more than I am, so quit, let's quit seeing ourselves as let's show up and do that. Let's commit to a grow group. Commit to it. Join it. Commit to it. Uh, pray for it as they were saying. Be there, and don't just be there because, you know, don't, don't, don't have that attitude of like, well, I'm doing pretty good. I don't need grow group this week. Be there because somebody else needs you to be there. This is what Christianity is. It's being there for people. And, for one, and, and as Scripture says, for one another, those of the household of faith first, even more so those who already know and are already part of that, that household of faith, but being there for one another. You know, one of the things we've got to do is we've got to get out of our holy huddles. Y'all heard me use that phrase, right? Holy huddles? If you've been here, you know, I don't say it a lot, but every once in a while I'd like to drop it in. You know what a holy huddle is? Let me give you a definition right here. This is my definition, okay? I could, you can't find this in Webster's because, you know, it's one of our church things, right? It's when a group of people spiritualize exclusiveness. It's when people say, you know, kind of exclusive, but they spiritualize it in some way. Like, well, this is my, my, my group. This is my whatever, you know, and, and they spiritualize it. Now, that's nothing new, okay? It's not, as a matter of fact, we can see that all the way back in the New Testament when Jesus was here walking on the earth. We see it 2,000 years ago. The Pharisees, they had a holy huddle. That's who they were. The, the Sadducees, they had a holy huddle, okay? And so all of Israel, all the Israelites, they saw this, and it kind of got ingrained in them. They, they would see this, well, I'm not, I, I'm not welcome in that group. I'm not welcome in that group. And so when Jesus started calling his disciples together and he got his disciples and he had these 12 that he had named, you know what? They kind of got that attitude too, spiritualizing exclusiveness. And uh, I'm going to give you a scripture here to show you this in just a second. And you know who it's about? It's about John. And John, he's, you know what he was called? 
Many times in, in, in the book of John, what he was called, the, the, the adjective to describe him, he was the blank disciple. You know what he was called? The beloved disciple, like one that was really closer to Jesus than anyone else. And look what he said this one time right here. And this is in Luke chapter 9, verse 49. John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't in our group. <laughs> Do you believe that? I mean, isn't that amazing? You know, Jesus' own disciples that he called to his side to help him, they had this exclusiveness attitude of spiritualizing it because, hey, you know, he's cast out demons. He's using your name, and he's not over here in our group. He didn't show up on Tuesday night, you know, and he's not wearing our colors. He doesn't have the T-shirt. And so they, they said, we told him to stop. So Jesus, if you read on down, you'll see it. Jesus had to, I, I, I tried to think of the word that I wanted to use here, the, the verb. Je, Jesus had just, <laughs> he just had to squeeze that out of them because they had seen it in so many other people. Perhaps you have too, right? You've been to churches where there was a, a click here. You've been to school where there was a click over here and a click over here and a click over here. I mean, we've even got names for them, right? I won't call all those names because I'll offend some of you because I'll leave yours out, right? And we all know about clicks. And so we've learned that. And if we're not careful, we will do the same thing. We'll do the, we'll do the exact same thing that they had done. Uh, now, listen, I know, I, know, I know it's really easy for us to say, but I'm not as bad as, right? Listen, we're not here to be better than the next guy. To be a Christian, what does it mean to be a Christian? When you tell somebody in this world you're a Christian, you know what they hear you say? I follow Christ. I'm not trying to be better than the next guy. I'm trying to follow him. I'm not, I'm not trying to walk straighter than this guy or this guy or this guy. I'm not trying to be holier than those or thou's, I'm trying to follow him. Our goal is to be like Jesus. Now, I, I, I started to put an exclamation point there because I want to emphasize this, but you know what? I thought period is fine, period. Our goal is to be like Jesus, period. No, no, not, don't say but, Pat, no. Our goal is to be like Jesus, period there's no hyperbole needed there's no exclamation point needed there is no fanfare needed I, I, I don't need the band to come back up and play da, 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 you know our goal is no our goal is to be like Jesus I love one of the things that that uh, Justin and uh, Brent were talking about earlier when they said nice is not the same as friendly uh, let, me, let, me, let me set up a scripture for you right here Nice is, y'all ever, when it's really cold outside, y'all ever, say, I, I, it's something I do sometimes, you know, when I'm saying goodbye, I'll say, stay warm. You ever say that? Something like that? You know, stay warm? You know, nice is telling somebody to stay warm. Friendly is inviting somebody to sit by your fire. That's, that's totally different. You see, nice is saying, hey, hope you stay warm. Friendly is saying, hey, can I help you stay? Come sit by my fire. You know, James chapter 2, verse 16 is exactly what that says. It doesn't say fire, but... He says, you know, just to tell somebody to be warm is not enough. Give them a coat. Help them be warm. And he, he also says, telling somebody to, you know, like I, I might say, hey, hope you have a good meal tonight or whatever. That's not enough. If you know somebody's hungry, don't just say, oh, you know, hope you have a, a good meal tonight. Feed them if you're worried about somebody. Nice is just telling somebody, but friendly 
is actually inviting them into your life and say, let me share something of me, of myself, something I have with you. So what is it that Jesus says? If we're going to follow him, if we're going to follow him in friendliness, what does he say friendliness is? And, you know, there is a part. There are a couple of little places where Jesus gets, he, he, he gets kind of started, and like most of us preachers, it's hard for him to stop, you know. We only have really only one of those times that he preached a whole sermon, and we've got most of it written down, maybe all of it. I don't know. The Sermon on the Mount, it's recorded in Matthew, but it's also recorded in Luke. And some people say, well, that's a different one, but there's so many things. If it was a different one, Jesus was using the same notes, the same time, because, I mean, he's saying about the same stuff, okay? And so it's, it's one, but in the middle of this, now he's been speaking for a while, but in the middle of this, he starts talking about friendliness. And you know why? Because they didn't have a clue what friendliness really was. You know, they might have saw it as niceties. You know, I, I, I was, you know, there, there are some people, we lived in Chicago for about seven months. We did ministry there. And uh, there were some people there that were nice, but there weren't a lot of friendly people as far as like just stop and just, you know, and, that, and, and you know, I, I mean, I'm from Alabama, you know. I mean, I was talking to people on, on the street that were trying to not make eye contact, you know, and, uh, and loved embarrassing my family doing the same thing, you know, that kind of a thing, Right. You know, and, and, and then my mom and her two sisters come up and go shopping one day, and I think David wanted to crawl underneath the, ca the cash register or the counter or something because, I mean, they were acting, you know, they were acting like they were at Walmart, you know, in, uh, in Gardendale, you know, and just, you know, it just, and there's a difference in nice and friendly. And that's where, that's where Jesus was. When Jesus showed up, people didn't know what friendly was, so he told them. So in the middle of this sermon, he's been talking all this time, and now he, he begins talking. So take, let's go to that scripture. And he starts, this, this is in the middle of the sermon, okay? He's been talking a while, and then he says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say. Those people have been sitting there hearing Jesus all this time. And then he says, but to those who are willing to listen, is hearing different than listening? He's drawing, he's drawing a, a, a difference in there. It's like, okay, all of y'all have been hearing me, but to those who are willing to listen, I'm going to tell you something here. If, if, he says, if you're willing to listen, I'm, I'm speaking to you. If you're not willing to listen, you just shut your, shut your ears. You don't even have to hear this. But to those who are willing to listen, I'm going to tell you. Now, do you want to hear what's next? Do you want to listen to what's next? But, but, but what, if, what if it offends you? You thought you were really friendly until you read what Jesus is going to say these days. Are you sure you want to listen to this? Are you sure? Want to, anybody want to stick their fingers in their ears and say, I, I can't listen to that because it might offend me. I thought I was friendly. And this, is this going to tell me that I'm not friendly? It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're really a Christ follower, your first question is not, mm, am I going to agree with this? Not if you're a Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, if you are a, true Christian, following after him. And it's, you're going to say, tell me everything, Jesus. Don't hold nothing back. Make it as straight, plain, and pointed as it needs to be. And you know what Jesus does? He doesn't hold back. He tells us, are you sure you want to hear this and listen to it? You're, you're going to hear it. <laughs> but you've got to decide if you want to listen or not. So let's, let's go through this. Quite a few verses here. What? 27 through 38, that's 12 verses of Scripture. 
in the middle of this sermon. That's what he does. But do you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. That's where he begins. Love your enemies. Thank you for the little shout out there, right? How many of you have an enemy? Anybody ever had an enemy? You know, now, now, I didn't see hardly any hands go up because I know that's what we look at. So we're not supposed to have enemies. But you have had enemies in your life, right? As Christians, we don't purposely make enemies, but other people choose to be our enemy, right? Somebody maybe hates you or whatever. If you know who an enemy is, you need, am I doing this? Here's a way to find out. Think about that last person that really hated you, that tried to destroy you, that didn't like you and said things about you and all that kind of stuff. Do you love them? that person don't say well yeah, yeah I'd love my enemies no 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 make it purposeful look at that one and think about think about whether you really love them or not love your enemies you see Jesus was turning all this upside down don't do it your way you're gonna talk about friendliness let me tell you what friendliness is Jesus says but only those who are willing to listen are going to be able to hang on to this the rest of you are gonna say well nobody can do that in Jesus you can we're promised, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. Seriously? Anybody ever had anybody curse them? <laughs> Cuss them? <laughs> you know, anybody, had anybody like that? And what does he say to do? Bless them? Pray for them? Seriously, Jesus? Yeah. And, and don't pray that God takes their head off their shoulders. You know, don't, don't pray that they fail. Pray for them, for God to do good things for them. Uh, pray for those who hurt you. Anybody been hurt? If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. And that doesn't mean with a bad attitude. So, <laughs> yeah, you did. Go ahead, hit that one too. No, not with an attitude. But to just, but just be understanding of something's going on in their life. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute, we, we might need to camp out there for a little while. Any, now, not, now, don't give to everyone, but give to anyone who asks. And, and, and listen, you can't give what you don't have, so when you get to the point where you've given out more than you have, you've got to stop, right? So you, you, here's, what it's, here's what it's saying to us, you know, and, and, and I'm doing my best to not twist the Scripture right here, but what it's saying to us is we need to be willing to give to anybody. And when somebody asks, the, 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 most we should, the, the most backing up we should do in that moment when someone asks for something is to back up, just say, God, tell me what to do here. But be ready and willing to step in and give because someone asked. Because if you have stuff today, if you're blessed today, if you've got money in your pocket or you've got resources of some or you've got time, and we say, no, none of us have time. Yeah, we do. We're watching Netflix, right? And we got time for those kinds of things. And somebody asks, our first response should be, our heart should be reaching out to them and remembering when we needed somebody to give us a little time or maybe a few dollars or something. So be willing to give to anyone who asks. Uh, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Oh, goodness gracious. Jesus, are you sure about all of this? Do to others as you would like them do, to do to you. That's that golden rule thing. You've heard of that, right? How well do we do the golden rule? Do we really treat others the way we want to be treated? Hmm. Man, Jesus is just all over us today. I mean, anybody's toes getting a little sore right now? I, t I, t I, I warned you before we got this started. I don't think there's a one of us going out of here without some bruises today. 
that he's laying it out flat for us exactly how this thing's supposed to be. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Listen, talking to your friends is not the same as friendliness. Being friends with your friends, that doesn't make you friendly. Friendliness is how you treat the people that are outside your circle of friends. That's what he's talking about here. He said, if you love those who love you, why do you get credit for that? Anybody can love their own child. Anybody can love their grandkid. Anybody can love their BFF, right? But it's about those that, you, that aren't in that circle, how you treat them. This is what Jesus is telling us. You got to love those that aren't in your circle. Let's go on to the next verses. I think we'll go a little faster on this page. If you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. If you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies, he says again. Do good to them, he says again. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Whoa. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High God. Why, why, why is he saying this, that you will be acting as children of the Most High God when you do this? For he, the Most High, he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked, isn't he though? Was he kind to you when you were unthankful? Was he kind to you when you were living a wicked life? Totally in opposition to his plan for your life? Was he kind to you? Abs Man, what, what a God he is. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. That's why, you know, when we're compassionate and when we're doing these things, then it'll be obvious that we are acting as children of the most high God. And the word compassion, you know what the word compassion literally means? It means suffer together. When you're compassionate, it doesn't mean you say, oh, I'm sorry that you post on their Facebook page, you know, I'm sorry, or, I'm sorry for your loss or that kind of thing. It means when you actually suffer together with that person. Here again, Christianity is not something you do at arm's length. Christianity is inviting other people in, friendliness. And listen, we should do that because Christ did it. But can I also show you, he didn't leave us with just the command, the demand, the command, the demand over and over and over. That's enough. He said to do it, that's enough. But there's reward in doing these things. Did you know that? And that's how he wraps up this part of his sermon. Let's go on to that, the next verses here. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Now, we hear that and we say, oh, man, we're not supposed to judge. But he tells us, don't judge others so that you're not judged. I like that. I don't want people judging me. You know, and I definitely don't want, when I get into eternity, I don't want God judging me the way I've judged others sometimes. So God, that's, that's a promise to me. You can look at that as a command, but I look at that as a promise. Don't judge others, you won't be judged. Do not condemn others or it'll all come back to you against you. I don't want that either. So it's not coming back against me then if I don't condemn them. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. That's a promise. It's not just a command, it's a promise. Forgive others and you'll be forgiven. Give and you will receive. We hear that and we just think about the giving part. What about the receiving part? What a promise that is. Give and you will receive. And, and 
you guys that have been around a while, you know, here's the way I see this next verse right here. Is I, I remember myself when I was a kid, you know, mom would tell me to take the trash out, you know. And uh, I'd just say, oh, there's room in the trash can still, Mom. It doesn't need to go outside yet, you know. And because I'd push it down, you know, and, and right, and try to work that down. You know, and I, I look at that as, as, as what Jesus is saying here, give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And again, I don't think that's just about money. About your time and about your resources and about your effort. And whatever you give, the, the friendliness that you give to somebody else, the way you invite someone else in, then you'll be invited in. Everything we sow produces some kind of crop, some kind of harvest. Weed seeds, they produce a harvest. Sometimes you don't even have to plant those. You just have to keep working on digging them up, right? But everything we sow brings us a harvest. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.